Amen. I want to draw your attention to verse 18 of Matthew chapter 16. It says, And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Something that we need to remember about the church that Jesus built is it's something that will always be here. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. There's some things that have uh, risen and they've gone away just as fast. There's religions that have popped up and gone away or cults that have formed and they eventually died out. And there's nations that have risen and fallen. But when it comes to the church, as much persecution as there's been on it over the centuries, they've never been able to stop it. And they never will be able to stop it. And something that we need to remember is that the church that Jesus built, it was here before the United States of America. And it will be here long after the United States of America is destroyed. Because this country that we live in, it's not going to last forever. But what we are a part of as Christians, being a part of the church, it is something that is going to last forever. The gates of hell are not going to prevail. It's not going to die out. And something that we take for granted as a church is the authority that God gave to the church. For example, when it comes to the Great Commission, you realize that we have full power and we have full authority behind us. And anyone who opposes what we try to do as a church is an enemy of God. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. says, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Folks, has the end of the world come yet? You know what that tells me? That tells me that Jesus still has all power and all authority on heaven and in earth. And He has told us to go into all nations. He has told us to teach all things. So do you realize no matter where we are in the earth, we have God's authority behind us when it comes to doing what we do as a church? Okay? And you say, well, what about these countries where it is illegal where they'll kill you? Well, you got to get creative in those places. You know, in those places, sometimes you got to do go, you got to go undercover. You got to be under, you know, go underground. You do have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That is something that you have to do in other countries. And we have God's blessing when we do that because he has given us all authority on earth to go and take this gospel and to do what we do. Now, in the United States of America, I don't believe that we are in the same situation as every other country. In other countries, you do need to sometimes be careful. But in our country, you don't. In our country, and I'm seeing many people too, they're wanting to compare, you know, this new normal. They're wanting us to just basically adapt to the new normal and what the government is trying to impose on us. And they're using other countries as a precedent. Not only is that just stupid, that is unbiblical, it is dead wrong, that is not what we do. We are not other countries, we are the United States of America, and therefore we don't have to do that stuff. And I don't believe we're being wise as serpents and harmless as dove when we do. In fact, I think we're sinning. 
when we go along with these things. And I'll explain more about this as we go. I'm hoping I can get through all of this in one message. But while the work of the Great Commission was given 2,000 years ago, and the kingdom of God expanded, you know, eventually there arose another nation, another earthly nation known as the United States of America. Many years later, centuries, over 1,700 years later, and I do believe that this nation that was started in 1776 has been the greatest country that there ever was. I do, I do believe that. I can't, I can't think of any other country that would have us beat. I believe the only thing that's better than our Constitution that we have is the perfect law of God that no one's ever been capable of living up to. I, I, I really do love the Constitution that we have in our country. I believe that one of the things that has made our country great is religious freedom. And you know what? I, I just want to go on record as saying I strongly agree with religious freedom. I believe that every government in the world should ha- allow religious freedom. I believe religious freedom is biblical. I believe it is a Bible-based concept. Okay? And you know what? Don't look at me with that Deuteronomy 13 look. All right? We'll talk about that later. Okay? You need to learn the whole Bible. All right? And stop going off YouTube clips. All right? All right? Don't give, don't give me that look. I do believe it's biblical. And I believe that anyone who would try to legislate Christianity and force it through laws, I believe they're heretics if they do that. I would re, I would reject that. That would be wrong. We're not going to get anybody saved by passing a law telling them they have to be saved. That is so wrong. That is so backwards. That is so unbiblical. I would not support anyone that does that. That would be wrong. Folks, you know, as Baptists, you know, we, we think we're right on everything. And folks, we are. But we do not force these things on people. That is unbiblical. And to think, that we should is backwards, it is wrong, it is counterproductive, it, it, it's completely against the Bible, but religious liberty and separation of church and state is something that historically Baptists have stood for. That's the title of my message. It's the separation of church and state. Separation of church. I believe in the separation of church and state. And religious freedom. I believe in religious freedom. And, and our Bill of Rights, it was created September 25th, 1789, and it was ratified December 15th, 1791. Now, fast forward 10 years. Thomas Jefferson, when he was president of the United States, had a letter written to him that a lot of people don't know about by the Danbury Baptist Association. And I'm going to read this letter to you because this is the, the, the separation of church and state is not in any of our founding documents. Okay. But yet it has this letter that Jefferson wrote in response to the Danbury Baptist. It's been used. For legal precedent over the years, even though it's not even a legal work here. But I, I think this is very interesting. We can really see kind of what was going on and what was in the minds of people back in that day. Because you got these goofballs out there. You got people who like pick whatever history they like. And they'll go and show you an example of something from history where they weren't doing religious freedom at the founding of our nation. And you know what? You can find examples of that. That's why people like the Danbury Baptists you know, wrote this letter to Thomas Jefferson to find out, hey, I thought the Bill of Rights told us we have religious freedom, but let's let's see what this says, all right? Because there's always been people trying to undermine good laws. And we still have some good laws today, and we're seeing people undermine them today. 
We are seeing examples of government overreach today. Some of it's getting overthrown. Now, some idiot 200 years from now is going to be able to go back and look and say, here's an example of something that happened. They didn't have religious freedom then. No, that was an example of government overreach. And thankfully, it got stopped because people stood up for it. They didn't roll over and just let it happen to them. But let's see. Let's read this letter by the Danbury Baptist Association. This was written on uh, October 7th, uh, 1801 to Thomas Jefferson, President of the United States. Says, sir, among the many million in America and Europe who rejoice in your election to office, we embrace the first opportunity which we have enjoyed in our collective capacity since your inauguration to express our great satisfaction in your appointment to the Chief Magistracy of the United States. And though our mode of expression may be less courtly and pompous than what many others clothe their addresses with, we beg you, sir, to believe that none are more sincere. Our sentiments are uniformly on the side of religious liberty, that religion is at all times and places a matter between God and individuals, that no man ought to suffer in name, person, or effects on account of his religious opinions, that the legitimate power of civil government extends no further than to punish the man who works ill to his neighbors. Isn't that what we teach? Government is for the punishment of evildoers. But then you got Pastor Skinny Jeans who comes along and it's like, you know, we ought to submit to the higher powers and he'll go to, you know, a place like Romans 13, not realizing that God never instituted government over, you know, the family and the things that they do over religion and the things that they do. They were set up for the punishment of evildoers. That's what we're supposed to submit to. Not to every other thing that somebody in government comes along and says, we're taking this too. We were never told to submit to that. We were never told this, that that's absolute foolishness. And, but yet, they, they just never looked into these things. But you know what? Historically, Baptists understood this. And so they did. They're writing to the president, telling him where they believe his authority goes. And that is for the punishment of the man who works ill to his neighbors. And even with religious freedom, if our religion is hurting other people, if we're physically doing harm to others, then we should be stopped. That's when the government would step in, when we are physically harming other people. Okay, so I'm sorry, you know, Muslims, you know, you're, if you're going to go blowing people up, you know, and, 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 you know, if you're doing things, and, but if they're not blowing people up, they're not slitting people's throats and cutting people's heads off, then we guess we, you know, we got to leave them alone. We don't agree with them, but the government should leave them alone if they're not, if they're not physically hurting anybody. And so I, I don't want to get sidetracked, all right? Because I, I know the dumb rabbit trails people want to go on. Well, what can do more harm than sending someone's soul to hell? Listen, punk, all right? We're going to get to that. The Bible tells us how to deal with that, and it's not the government's place. Not the government's place to deal with spiritual matters. It's not their place. So let's keep reading this letter. So, but sir, our constitution of government is not specific. Okay. Now, I've always thought the I've always thought the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I always thought it was pretty specific. You know, that Congress shall make no laws establishing your religion. I, I always thought that was really specific. But here's why they're wondering about that because what the government was doing during that time, you know, they were interpreting it another way. The their their state government was not giving them religious freedom. So they're like, hey, you know, there, there was apparently debate about what it meant exactly. So they're asking for clarification. 
It's kind of, that's exactly what I did when the, when the governor's, uh, his first executive order went out. The first thing I did, because it wasn't real clear on some things, I called the local police. I said, hey, I need some specifics because I got a big problem with this executive order and it's not real clear. And you know what they told me? They said, you know, did, did you expect any less from our governor? They agreed. They said, no, it's not clear. You know, and he put them in a really bad position by doing that. Now, he got a little more specific in the next one and made it pretty clear we're not supposed to do it. But, uh, you know, thankfully, our police just didn't get all excited and say, here's our opportunity to close that church down. Because, you know, we don't have a pile of garbage police force. Thankfully, we've got, we've got a decent one uh, here, and I'm thankful for that. So he said, our ancient charter together with the law made coincident therewith were adopted as the basis of our government at the time of our revolution and such had been our laws and usages, and such are still, that religion is considered as the first object of legislation. And therefore, what religious privileges we enjoy as a minor part of the state, we enjoy as favors granted and not as inalienable rights. And these favors we receive at the expense of such degrading acknowledgments as are inconsistent with the rights of free men. You know what he's saying here? He's saying the same thing that Pastor Shiflet was talking about over in Maryland. They're trying to, you know, fight for just, you know, they, they want to be able to open churches without fearing the law coming down on them. So they're trying to work with them. They're trying to talk with them. But the authorities that be are basically telling them, okay, we're going to let you have church, but you've got to do this and this and this. You've got to take our classes and we're, we're going to tell you how to work with the children in your church. We're going to tell you how to run your children's ministries. We're going to tell you to do this. We're going to tell you to do that. If you want to open up, you've got to agree to all the things. And then we will allow you to assemble as a church. It, they're acting like our rights are permissions granted from the government rather than inalienable rights. That's how it was being treated back then. So guess what, Mr. You know, history buff that likes to pick and choose what they like from history, understand the reason you see bad examples back there is because there was bad people enforcing bad laws. And, the, and these churches stood up and they said, you know what, we're tired of going to the government and getting permission and just degrading ourselves. You know, the last thing I'm going to do is go get permission. I'm not waiting for a permission slip from Pritzker. I'm not doing that. I'm not waiting. I'm not looking for a specific set of guidelines that they have that we're going to follow and we're going to enforce everybody. If we feel the need to enforce anything, then we will do it ourselves to protect ourselves because we're capable of doing that. We're capable of being responsible people. And I'm not going to act. I'm not going to go to them and say, please tell us what we can do. I tend to think based on our history our Constitution, that our rights to assemble, to peaceably assemble, and religious liberty are inalienable rights, meaning they can't legally change that. And if they try, they are in violation of the law. With their, and, and I'm not going to go along with an illegal, immoral mandate. I'm not going to support that. I'm not going to act like that's okay. I'm not going to act like all of a sudden we're just in China now and we have to accept these things. I'm not going to do that. I don't. I believe that is wrong because whether you like it or not, it is still illegal what they're doing, and I'm not going to break the law. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to go against the higher powers. So let's keep reading. It says it is. It is not to be wondered at, therefore, if those who seek after power and gain under the pretense of government. 
And religion should approach their fellow men, should reproach their older magistrate as an enemy of religion, law, and good order, because he will not, dare not, assume the prerogatives of Jehovah and make laws to govern the kingdom of Christ. Let me ask you, did these people think that Christianity should take over the government? Why would we, why would, when this religion that we believe in, this salvation we believe in is something that's between an individual and God, why would we dare to assume that we have the right to enforce all these things as if we know exactly what God wants and what's going on in the hearts and minds of every person? We have no right to do that. It would be counterproductive if we were going to do that. The government does not govern the kingdom of Christ. Folks, why would we agree to that when we understand the kingdom of Christ was here before the government of the United States? Why would we think that they have any right to govern anything that goes on here? Again, if we're harming people, if we're doing child sacrifices or something, by all means they should come in because we're hurting people. But if we're just peaceably assembling, and, and even, if, even if it's a religion too that's doing spiritual damage to people, that is not for the government to come in and to stop that. They have no right to do that. So it said, it said, sir, we are sensible that the president of the United States is not the national legislator and also sensible that the national government cannot destroy the laws of each state. My, how things have changed. That's back when they had states' rights. Okay, And I'm not going to read the rest of this letter, but you understand what he's saying right here. They understood back then that you know states, they had some sovereignty. However, states were not allowed to violate the Constitution of the Bill of Rights. States should be able to make their own laws, but no state has the right to violate the Constitution. I support Illinois' ability to make its own laws, but it's not allowed to violate the Bill of Rights in the Constitution of the United States. So I do not support Pritzker with these, these measures that he's putting in place that violate the Bill of Rights. I mean, so many of the, so many of the amendments are being violated. This, and I'm not going to go into all that, but let's go and look at Thomas Jefferson's response to the Danbury Baptist. He says, gentlemen, the affectionate sentiments of esteem and approbation, which you are so good as to express towards me on behalf of the Danbury Baptist Association, give me the highest satisfaction. My duties dictate a faithful and zealous pursuit of the interests of my constituents, and in proportion, as they are persuaded of my fidelity to those duties, the discharge of them becomes more and more pleasing. Believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God. Okay, new, listen to I have beers. I get it. All right, not just any God does. Not just any God gets you to heaven. But when it comes to the government, they're right to say between man and his God. They don't get to choose who our God is. Do you think if our government today picked Jesus that it would be the Jesus that we talk about? You better believe it wouldn't. This was right what Thomas Jefferson said. Okay? He said, well, that's not right as far as religion goes, but it's right as far as government goes. They don't get to, di they don't get to dictate that. So it says that he owes account to none other for his faith or his worship that the legitimate powers of government reach actions only and not opinions. Again, if we are doing activities that violate other people, that infringes on their right, then the government should step in. But our opinions, for example, what we believe about homos, unless we are actually hurting them, unless we are actually physically doing something, the government should have no nothing to say about that. Absolutely nothing. And folks, 
We've never hurt one. Nobody from here ever has. And anybody that would, would be going against what we teach in this church. So we should be able to say whatever we want. Hate speech should be legal as long as it's not inciting to violence. You should be able to hate whoever you want. If somebody tells me they hate me, if some church is teaching, you know, they hate Tom McMurtry, I'm not going to try to sue them or get the government to stop them unless they actually try to hurt me. But they can think whatever they want. They can say whatever they want. So it says, um, I, con- I contemplate with sovereign reverence that the act of the whole American people, which declare that their legislature should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. I'm not going to read the rest of the letter either, but that was written in January 1st, 1802. Thomas Jefferson was agreeing with them that the government has no business making any laws affecting the church. There's a separation there. Just like there's a separation between the church and the home. The church does not have the right to come in and tell you what to do in your home. We can teach you. I as a pastor can get up and I can rip face and I can call you names and tell you how liberal and backslidden you are if you're doing these things. But at the end of the day, I can't physically stop you. And if you don't like the abuse you're getting from the pulpit, you can leave. And we can't make you stay. So, you know, thank God for that. Okay, There's a separation between these things. And there is a separation between church and state. I believe in that. And there's no doubt our country was founded on certain principles and religious freedom is one of those principles. The separation of church and state, it is an American value, and it is a very good value. The government has no right to dictate what happens in this church, and we ought to obey the, obey the government, but only where they have been given legitimate authority. For us to go to for us to submit to the government where God has not given them authority is it would be like a woman submitting to another husband. Okay? Yes, husbands have certain authority, but it's limited to their wife, isn't it? And if a woman was to go and submit to another man's authority other than her own husband, that would be wrong. That would be wicked. Well, she's submitting to authority. Yeah, but not the right one. But it's a biblical authority. A husband's a biblical authority. Yes, but not in her situation there. And the government is a biblical authority, but they have no place in what we do here. And therefore, if we submit and go against the law of God to submit to their authority, we are, we're wrong in doing that. We are sinning in doing that. That would be wicked for that to take place. And so we're not going to do it. The government has no right. To dictate these things. When our government tries to impose laws on the church, they are in violation of the laws of our land. And that's, that's an advantage that we have over other countries. It, not every country has religious freedom or has ever pretended to have religious freedom. Ours does. And that matters. I'm going to prove that to you. So it is, it's wicked when they impose these things. And just like every Nazi soldier should have refused the orders that they received, you know, every policeman, Every man and woman in law enforcement today, and even the military, should disobey the orders, some of the orders that they've been getting. And thankfully, many of them are. God bless those people. Where were they in Nazi Germany? But you know what? Thankfully, we're not Nazi Germany. We're in the United States, and we've got some of those. We've got many of them. 
and we need to support them. Thank God for Sheriff Booker. He's one of those. And I, I support him for that. But, folks, there was a time when laws meant something, okay? Because uh, I, I, I know all the arguments. I wish I had time to go down all the weird rabbit trails that people want to go down, okay? But, again, I'm, I'm hearing many people, they're, like, comparing other what's going on in other nations to what's going on here. And, therefore, we should now operate like they do in China. Folks, that is wrong. Listen, there was a time when laws meant something to people. They don't today, okay? Even amongst Christians, they, they have very little regard for these things. But these things matter. Let me show you some stuff. In Joshua chapter 9, verse 14, I'm going to jump around a few passages here. It says, And the men took their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them to let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. Now, if you remember, God told them to wipe all these people out. But this is a story where the men came. They disguised themselves. They acted like they were from far away. They brought moldy bread. They made it, you know, they gave fake evidence to make it look like they came from a far country. And then what they're doing, they were doing that to deceive them. And what did they do? They made a league with Israel. They made a, they made a covenant with Israel. And it says, and it came to pass after the end of three days, after they had made a league with them, that they heard that they were their neighbors and that they had dwelt among them. And the children of Israel journeyed and came into their cities on the third day. Now their cities were Gibeon, Shephira, and Beeroth, and kirjath And the children of Israel smote them not, because the princes of the congregation had sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel, and all the congregation murmured against the princes. But all the princes said unto the congregation, We have sworn unto them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore, we may not touch them. This will we do to them. We will even let them live, lest wrath be upon us, because of the oath which we swear unto them. They feared the wrath of God coming on them because they had made an oath. They had made a league with this nation. And they're like, if we, are in, if we violate this league, we will be under the wrath of God even though these other people were bad people and lied to them. They, their word meant something to them because this, what they were doing too, this was a league between nations. Folks, that's important. That's a big deal. We've got people today, they act like a, a governor or a president should be able to snap their finger and just get whatever they want. That's not how it's done. That's not how our country was set up. And we ought to respect the way it was set up. And we ought to respect these things were put in place because the wrath of God is on us when we go against them. It says in Genesis 31, 51, And Laban said to Jacob, Behold this heap, and behold this pillar, which I have cast between betwixt me and thee. This heap be witness, and this pillar be witness, that I will not pass over this heap to thee, and thou shalt not pass over this heap to this pillar unto me for harm. And, uh, and so right there what they're doing is they piled up some stones. They have a heap of rocks. It was a reminder. It was a witness that me and you made an agreement. Your people aren't going to mess with my people and my people aren't going to mess with your people. Nobody's allowed to cross this line. They made that leap. And they think about it. They used a pile of rocks as the witness against them. In case they were to violate that, they could point to the pile of rocks and say, you're a liar. You're a scumbag. These stones are witness against you. And he said, that's kind of primitive. Well, you know what? It's actually far more advanced than what we're seeing going on in our country today. And it got better. We'll see some examples where it got better. In Deuteronomy 31.25, says that Moses commanded the Levites, which bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law 
and put it in the side of the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee. For I know thy rebellion and thy stiff neck. Behold, while I'm yet alive with you this day, ye have been rebellious against the Lord. And how much after my death? So Moses is like, you know, I know you people. You're not going to want to follow these laws. So we're going to take these Ten Commandments graven in stone. And we're going to put them in the Ark of the Covenant. And later on, years later, when I'm dead, if you all go against this, these stones are witnesses against you. And you know what? We've got ignoramuses in our country today, even amongst Christians, who think because they weren't there at the founding of our country that they are not accountable to what was put in place. Well, tell that to Moses who thought the generation after he was gone was still going to have to follow that law that was given during his day. That thought that the generations to come were going to be required to follow that and they had written in stone commandments to be a witness against them. So years later down the road, if people are killing, stealing, committing adultery, whatever, they could hold those stones up and say, this is our law. And you are in violation of that law. It's a witness against you that you are a liar, that you have, you have perjured yourself. You have gone against what, the, what our law says. It was a witness against them. In Joshua 24, 25, it says, And Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. This is after he said, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is after he said, Choose you this day whom ye will serve. And they said, We will serve the Lord. He said, you cannot serve the Lord. But they're like, no, we will serve the Lord. And so he made a covenant and says, and Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord, which he spake unto us. It shall therefore be witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. Folks, he said, a stone again. This stone hurt us. This stone is a witness. Because he was afraid someday down the road, people might say, we don't have to serve the Lord. We never agreed to that. I didn't sign the Declaration of Independence. You know, I wasn't there at the founding of this country. And therefore, I don't have to be accountable. I can go ahead and support our government as it commits treason, as it goes and it violates these laws, after it shreds the Constitution, I can go along to save my own skin and I can support these guys because I wasn't there. I never agreed to anything. Well, listen, unless you think that, you know what, in case people like that were on Joshua's day, we got a stone here that was set up as a reminder and as proof, and we see them doing that kind of thing throughout the Bible. And listen, located today in the upper level of the National Archives Museum, in the rotunda for the Charters of Freedom, is a permanent home of the original Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. It's there, and it's a witness. It was written for us. We've, we've saved it. We can go back and look at that as citizens of the United States of America we know without any shadow of a doubt, because we have a witness, we have these things that were written with pen that are there, and we know that religious freedom is something that our country stands for, has stood for, and it's what it has set up. It did set this up, and we should support that, and we are responsible to keep that alive. 
We are responsible to keep that going. And listen, even if you don't want to take up arms, and I'm not saying you have to take up arms, but let me say this. If you support, if you are to encourage those who are trying to shred it, you are an enemy. You are a part of the problem. You And you are in violation of the laws of this land. And I believe you're accountable to God for that because these were good laws that are set up. And I, do, I, I, I'm calling out the leaders today. I'm calling them out that our, because our country agreed over 200 years ago that we will have religious freedom. Our country agreed over 200 years ago that Congress shall make no law prohibiting the establishing of religion or the free exercise thereof. And any leader that is out there today, any police officer that would come in here and try to stop what we're doing is in violation of that law. There is a witness in Washington, D.C. against them that they are accountable to. Many of these people who actually swore to uphold that Constitution, who swore to, uh, to protect it from enemies, both foreign and domestic. They, they swore to that. And then they're going to come and violate something clear like that? You, and you think I'm going to support that? You think I'm going to be okay with that? You think I'm just going to lie down and tell them when they are violating the Constitution? Oh, okay, let's make it easy for you. Let's all go home, folks. Now listen, if you want a church like that, they're all over the place. All right, Good luck getting any fellowship there because the buildings are empty right now. But you know, that's not this church. You say, well, we want that to be... Well, then vote me out. Because I'm not pastoring a church like that. I'm not pastoring a government institution. Okay? I'm not a FEMA pastor. Okay? I haven't seen. I haven't seen any. Well, I, I personally seen money from the government with my Trump bucks, but I, you know, I didn't. I didn't ask for it. I didn't say they just gave it to me. Okay? And, and, but you all got it too. So, all right. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. But our, you know, our leaders, they don't have to agree, and you know, they don't even have to like these laws. But, you know, it's what our forefathers did, and it's what they swore to uphold, whether they like it or not. It's the way things are. And if they go against the First Amendment, they are violating their oath, and they are not fit for office. And if they had any decency, they would resign their position, and they would make up their own Declaration of Independence and declare war against the United States of America. That's what they would do. And I'm telling you right now, we do have a bunch of infiltrators in office today. We've got a bunch of infiltrators in the Capitol building today. A bunch of infiltrators that are sabotaging this country. And if they were honest, if they had the decency of the men who founded this country, they would write up their own Declaration of Independence. And they would, we don't need to declare war on the United States of America. Okay? They need to declare war on the United States of America because what the United States of America is, what it was founded on, what our laws are, are still, in fact, good. It's just being infiltrated right now. That's being destroyed from within, and these people need to be cast out. And I'm sorry, folks, Trump's not draining the swamp. I sure wish he would, but he's not doing it. He's not getting it done. It's time we recognize that our government has been filled with enemies of this nation. J.B. Pritzker is an enemy of the United States. He's not just my enemy. He's an enemy of the United States of America. He's a full-blown enemy. And we need to recognize that. It's time we remove their masks. You know, most of them aren't even wearing them. And that they be open and honest like our founding fathers. We need to demand that they just go ahead and declare war. And bring it. 
Yeah, and I'll fight with the United States of America. I'm not fighting with these people in Washington D.C. These infiltrators. I'm not doing that. They, they've they've hijacked this stuff. And so, because of the fact that I've enjoyed the benefits and the blessings of being an American for nearly 40 years, I do believe I'm obligated to stand up for religious freedom. And I I am willing to die on that hill. I am willing to die for that cause. Because I'm not going to get anybody saved by forcing Christianity. On people, not going to do that. I'm especially not going to get anybody saved by making these things illegal too, and supporting that. But for me to submit to this hostile takeover of churches, it is to side not just with the enemies of the faith, which we've already established, but with the enemies of our nation. And I'm not going to do that. And so again, you can you can bring up other you know Christians in other countries where they don't have religious freedom. But if you're in a if, but if you are a Christian in a country that does not have religious freedom, you're the infiltrator. But you know what? We have God's authority that trumps that authority there, and we can do that. We can go undercover. We can be the infiltrators. And you know, missionaries in China they are obeying God rather than men, meaning they're disobeying man when they have their secret services. They are the criminals in those countries. And you know what? I thank God for them. I pray for their protection. But this is the United States. Those who oppose religious freedom in this country, they are the enemies. They are the infiltrators. And they are the lawbreakers. And if we go along with that, we are violating the law. We are traitors when we do that. And some may disagree and say, well, we're already like the other countries. We're already like the other countries that have lost religious freedom. But the truth is, we haven't. You, you t- tell me what law has been written that shreds the First Amendment. And the truth is, any laws that would shred the First Amendment are illegitimate laws, based on what our nation was founded on. Which amendment is it? That any laws that are passed, yeah, the Ninth Amendment. Okay, if, if they violate those, the Bill of Rights, they're null and void. So y'all understand, they can't pass a law getting religious rid of religious freedom. They can't. Yeah, but what if they do? then they are in violation of the law. I'm not supporting that. I'm not supporting illegal activity. I'm not going to follow a multitude to do evil and pretend I'm like one of these missionaries that are in China. We're not in China. We're in the United States. And if a country passes a law telling us to murder people, don't we have a responsibility to disobey that law? You know, And there comes a point where you might need to physically fight back. And so comparing us to other... You can compare us to other countries all you want... But the Constitution is the law of our land, whether you like it or not. And you can go along with other countries and not be in violation of their laws of the land, but you can't do that in the United States. Listen, you, these queer little skinny jean pastors just going along with the government, I mean, just rolling over like a whoop puppy, doing every little thing they say, they are violating the laws of this land. They are supporting illegal activity. And that's not right. Religious freedom is something we should fight for, and it is biblical. And so Deuteronomy 13.6, got to go there. It says, If a brother, the son of thy mother, the son of thy daughter, or the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is as thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from the one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shall then I pity him, neither shalt thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him, but thou shalt surely kill him. Thine hand shall be first upon him to put him to death, 
And afterwards, the hand of all the people now shalt stone him with stones that he die because he has sought to thrust thee away from the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And all Israel shall hear and fear and shall do no more any such wickedness as this among you. He said, what are you going to do about that, Brother Tommy? Well, first off, listen, I will say that law is good and it is the part of the perfect law of God. However, that law was for a physical land, wasn't it? That was for a physical people, a, a physical nation with a physical land that God gave them. Now, let me ask you, what land do we have today? I do believe our Bible says we don't have a continuing city, but we seek one to come. What happened to this physical nation? God destroyed them, didn't he? You know why? Because they didn't keep the law of God. It turns out they couldn't keep the law of God. They were not capable of keeping the law of God. And God destroyed them. And one of these days, God will restore that physical kingdom. And then he will implement those laws and show us how it's done. But in the meantime, we have been specifically told as Christians that we do not have a continuing state. We've been specifically told, you know, they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Why would we think we should go and possess a land? and put that law in place. We've been told not to. Now, would we like to? Sure. But we've been told not to. So to say that the Bible's against religious freedom, it's, just, it's ignorant. Okay? Let's see what the New Testament says. Okay, Because here's the thing, too. You say, well, what about Leviticus 20, 13? All, right. All civil laws are still good, and they are needed for the survival of a nation. They're good laws. They're all good laws. And they actually line up with New Testament teaching that teaches that governments are there for the punishment of evildoers. Those, those civil laws, those moral laws that were about hurting people, about violating people, about you know, doing perverted acts to people, those laws should still stand because they're doing evil to people. They're hurting others. They're physically hurting people. Okay? So that, and, and, but God does not want us forcing spiritual laws today in the spiritual kingdom that we are a part of. He specifically told, it says in Romans 14, 4, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant to his own master? He standeth or falleth. Yea, he should be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Do you know when it comes to certain things, like eating meat, sacrifice, idols and stuff? Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. That doesn't sound like let's force them. Hey, remember, we're Baptists. We're right on everything. But we don't force things on people. That's not right. You know what we, want, we try to do? We try to win them over. We try to teach them the truth. And hopefully they submit to God and they will do the truth. But we don't make anybody do these things. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I mean, it sounds like it's whoever wants to. Revelation 22:17 says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. doesn't sound like we're enforcing Christianity. doesn't sound... I can't find anything in the New Testament where, it tell, where God is telling us to force these things. It, it's not there. You can't force faith on people. Matthew 23, 37 says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings? <clears throat> and ye would not. Notice that. I wanted to do this, but you would not. 
They didn't want to go along. It looks like God gives people a choice. Now, when you make the wrong choice, you're spiritually accountable. All right? These people went to hell, didn't they? People who reject the water of life, they're going to go to hell. But who's going to do that? God's going to do that, not us. We don't throw anybody into hell. Now, I know New Eye of Beers, we throw, they throw people into hell every day. All right? Good preachers, everything. But we don't, but that, that's figuratively speaking. Okay? Physically, we, don't, we can't throw anybody into hell. I don't care how hard I reprobate them. I do not have the ability to throw them into hell. I don't care how much evidence I give. I can't, I, I do not have that authority. I do not have that ability. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Sounds like you have to believe in your heart. Okay, does, us physically making people do something, it doesn't accomplish anything. Okay, for example, you can make me put a mask on going into a store, but do I believe in my heart that I'm just do, I'm saving people and I'm flattening the curve? Nope. Nope. I don't, I don't believe it. Folks, there's a lot of stuff we're doing with the social distancing and stuff that I go along with when I'm out. I don't believe in it. I, I don't. Okay, I, I can go along with some things, but I don't believe it in my heart. You can make me do some stuff. You can make me put a mask on. But you can't make me believe what you're doing is right and is good. You can't do it. And you know what? We can't make anybody believe on Christ. It's with the heart. And so people have the physical freedom to reject or accept the gospel. And those who do the wrong thing will be punished. God ha- God, but God hasn't given us that authority. Mark 6.10, he said unto them, In what place soever ye enter in that house, there abide till ye depart. From that place, and whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you when you depart, shake off the dust of, under your feet for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it should be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And they went out and preached that men should repent. But guess who deal, gives that punishment? God does. What do they do? Shake off the dust. Move on. Lord, will you give us a power like Elijah to break down fire from heaven? That's what they wanted, wasn't it? You know, that would, I tell you, that'd give you some great political authority if you could do that type of thing. But Jesus is like, no, you're not getting that. You're not, you're not getting that. We don't have that. We don't have any authority to kill anybody or to physically stop people from doing things that are bad spiritually. God has not given us that authority. He's told us we don't have it. And therefore, you know, all we can do is we can say, if any bring another gospel, let him be accursed. Hey, buddy, you're on your way to hell. I, I can warn them. That, that's that's it, the extent of that. Can, I mean, can anybody find me anything in the New Testament that would that gives us any indication that God wants us today enforcing what God has served as a government? And so you say, well, you know, you don't. I don't see religious again. You know, religious spelled out in the Bible. But here's the thing: it is a Bible-based concept. They saw that what God, that when it comes to religion, it is something that is between man and God. And therefore, you know, why would religion enforce these things? Or why would government enforce these things? It would be wrong. They, they got that idea from seeing these things are from the heart in the scriptures. And so it's, it, it's a Bible based. Just be, you don't always have to have a verse spelled out to explain what you do. But we ought, like many of the things we do, it's based off what they did in the Bible. Well, here's something they did. In the Bible, the Bible doesn't give us a specific command to do it that way. But since they did it this way, we'll do it that way. That, that's what's Bible-based. And so that's how they got that. 
So for us to be able to practice Deuteronomy 13, 6 through 11, we would have to physically conquer the land for Christ with the sword. But we've been told not to do that. So why would you say you don't support religious freedom or religious freedom is not a biblical concept? Okay, you're, That's ignorant. God did tell Israel to possess the land with the sword, though, didn't he? God told him, you take, you take a sword. If you don't go over armed, your sins will find you out. That's what he told them. But that's not what he's told us. Okay? We, he's told us we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Okay? Now, when you want to go set up your physical kingdom and you want to use that law, I guess you can do that. I guess you can, but you're not doing what God has commanded you to do as a Christian. You would be wrong. Some things... Some things change, and I believe that's going to come back, but it's not here today. We are strangers and pilgrims right now, and the best thing, and, and the best thing that we could have so the gospel could flourish is religious freedom. And I fully intend to continue to stand up for religious freedom and support religious freedom. And you know what? If our, if our uh, state police come in and arrest a Catholic priest, for having service, you know what? I'll stand up for the Catholic priest. Get over it. Alright, if they go, if they go and pass laws saying the Jehovah's Witnesses can't knock doors, I'll fight for the Jehovah's Witnesses. No, because if they do it to them, they're going to do it to us next. They don't have the right to do that. That is wrong. That is illegal. And, you know, a lot of people might not like that, but you know what? That's also why they're not in leadership and why they're pathetic and accomplishing nothing. That's all there is to it. All right, the folks, the ignorance of people today is astounding. And I'm telling you, we need to people need to learn to think a little bit before they open their mouths. That's what they need to do. And I, and you know what? I understand. Okay? I understand if people get scared and don't want to go to jail. Okay? I you know, I get that. Okay? I'm not going to act like I'm Mr. Macho and I'm not afraid of going to jail, you know. There's some things I'm concerned about, all right? Uh <laughs> I was thinking about it just this week. I was like, I remember when I visited the detention home one time, they were showing how when they get you in there, they like strip search you. And I'm like, man, I don't want that. If it was just like on Andy Griffith where I get thrown in my jail cell fully clothed, you know, I, I, I'm cool with that. But I got to thinking about that. I'm like, man, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. But listen, if some preacher wants to be a punk and is scared and doesn't want to fight right now, that's fine. But can you at least shut up and don't fight for the enemy? How about that? Okay, I, I get you don't want to fight with me. Don't fight with me. But don't fight for the enemy. Don't support what is being done. Don't support a hostile takeover in our government. Don't act like you're so new I of B. You're for you know other false prophets getting thrown into jail. You know all oh, this is this is this is wonderful. All these things getting closed. No, it's not. It's wrong. It's wrong and it's wicked and it's hurting everybody. It is not the government's place and people need to figure that out. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for your goodness to us. I thank you for the freedoms that we still have. And Lord, there is a real battle going on today, Lord. It's, it's not physical so much yet, but it is a real battle. And dear God, I thank you for everyone who is uh, fighting this battle, Lord. Whether they're Baptists or not, Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for our, our sheriff uh, that's trying to do the right thing and many of our local leaders. I, I thank you for some of the politicians that are out there that are fighting for a good cause right now. And dear God, 
We ask for your blessing on this battle. We pray that we will win, that we will be victorious. We pray that it won't get physical, but uh, we'll be able to uh, get things done uh, without a physical fight. And, uh, dear God, I pray for those who are cowering in the corners right now that they'll at least just have the decency to shut up and not fight for the enemy. In your name we pray. Amen.